everybody, and welcome to another episode of One More Minute. We are in for a treat for another special installment of Convos with Mo. I have an incredible friend, classmate, and rattler, Shayla Spann, with me here today. She is not only a rock star, but she was a creative before creative was being a thing. And if you're not familiar, I'm going to tell you a little bit, a little bit about who she is and read you her bio. Shayla Raquel, as she's also known, is a quintessential creative born and raised in South Carolina, but currently living in Washington, D.C. She believes she gained her creative and entrepreneurial spirit from her grandparents, Joseph and Evelyn Thompson, both owning thriving Black businesses in Columbia, South Carolina. Diagnosed with sickle cell disease at birth and having a stroke at the age of 12, her childhood battle with the disease is what brought her closer to the art of storytelling, and her love for filmmaking. Shayla Raquel is the creator of the award-winning web series, Quarter Century, a narrative series following a group of postgrads who are trying to figure out what it means to be grown. I think we all can relate to that. The series has two seasons under its belt, the first set in the eclectic city of, New- of Washington, D.C., and the second taking place in the heart of New York. In 2015, Shayla Raquel wrote, directed, and edited a short film titled Life's Checklist. The short film was an official, official selection in nine film festivals and has won four awards, including Best Student Short Film. And in 2018, she completed her thesis, Riverment, Riverment uh, which tackles the differences between Black power movements while also highlighting generational trauma. With a, and with a passion for writing and directing, we can guarantee that you'll see more projects from Shayla in the future. And on top of all of that, Shayla is a graduate of Florida a University as well as American University. And she's an, an initiate of the Beta Alpha chapter of Delta Sigma Theta. And I have to mention that Shayla is known for having the best dimples, and the best mouth on this side of the Mason-Dixie. So Shayla doesn't re- really need that much of an introduction, but I want to go ahead and get started. Shayla, thank you so much for being on tonight's episode. Thank you, Mo, for having me. This is phenomenal. You know, we talked about this a while ago, so I'm happy to be here talking with you. Yes, I'm so happy to have you. So before we get started, um, you know, Shayla, you just celebrated a birthday, kicking off the start of Leo season, and you have had an incredible life journey. Um, You know, a woman never tells her age, so we don't want you to tell tell your age, but you have really just been taking life by, you know, the helm and just really doing your thing. Um, And one thing I admire about you, you've never been shy to discuss your journey with sickle cell um, anemia. And it's something that um, you talk about candidly. And I want to know, how has that, you are someone who's beat the odds. How has that helped to craft you as a woman? How has that helped to fuel your dreams? That's a really good question. Um, I think that my journey with having sickle cell um, is actually what inspired me to become a filmmaker. It, It inspired me to become um, a storyteller. I use that as an outlet. Um, as most people know, like I, I had a really difficult um, struggle with sickle cell as a child. Um, now that I'm an adult, I'm able to take care of myself a little bit better. But as a child, I, I really struggled. I had a stroke, um, I had seizures. I had like a, some really bad complications dealing with the disease. But um, 
dealing with those complications and dealing with sickle cell, it is what drove me to storytelling as like an escape mechanism. Um, I enjoy writing. Um, I enjoyed directing people, bossing people around and so on and so forth. And also, um, so that kind of created me and my interest in the craft. But also, I think when you say, how did it mold you as a woman? Um, I think it really instilled in me the tenacity, um, being tenacious. Um, When you have sickle cell, especially, I guess, during that time period, like the 90s and um, early 2000s, it was filled with people telling me what I couldn't do. Oh, you can't um, go swimming for long periods of time because um, switching temperatures or, oh, you shouldn't go off to college too far away because then your parents won't get to you. Or maybe you should be homeschooled. Um, Hearing all of these different limitations on me, that just made me, it inspired me and it just made me um, hungry to just defeat all of them. And so I think that molded me as a child. So like high school, I was just like, you can't tell me I, I can't do strenuous activities. I'm going to play all the sports and dance and do all of this. And I think I just carried that spirit into like adulthood where I just feel like I feel invincible. I feel that I can accomplish anything if I set my mind to it and if I work really hard. And I think having that journey, having sickle cell um, contributes to that. And so that's why I'm not shy about talking about it. Um, And I hope that people can see that and be inspired by it and not allow anything, uh, whether it's sickle cell, whether it's anything in your life, limit you. That's awesome. Um, I know that's one of the things that I admire about you the most. Um, and you have done so many amazing things. And just for a backstory, I've known Shayla for at least 10 years. Um, <laughs> and you've really been like in the trenches, like since I remember. I remember like the first time I was, I was introduced to you, you know, you did like your probate video. It was like iconic, you know, you marked, you know, your death marching, you know, on campus. But you've really been doing this. Like I remember you would do like your family during the holidays. You would do like a family music video. Um, I never forget helping you do a flash mob on the set one time. <laughs> it was like incredible. I'm like with the camera trying to figure it out. Um, I remember, you know, when you started your short web series, that was about maybe like six, seven years ago. It was yeah, a while ago, right? 2012, 2013. So it's been a while. It was been a while. I you did that. Um, and your your uh, one of your short films won a student Emmy, correct? Yes. The the latest one, Rivermint, won a student Emmy. And Riverman has been on Revolt. I mean, you're doing incredible things. Um, like I mentioned, you, you've you been a creative before creative was like a buzzwordy thing. You know, everybody wants to be a creative. And how important to you, you know, do, with all the things that you've done, how important to you um, is storytelling as a Black woman? How, why are our stories important? Wow. Documentation. Um, just p- preparing the younger generation wow well how does how does storytelling like help us as like black women I, I documentation and like just preparing preparing us as like as we like cater to our our young generation you know storytelling is embedded in our culture like that has been that is a part of black american culture that's a part of black culture period um across the diaspora um and i think that I think that that is such so important that that's something that we keep. 
And I think that, you know, we find other ways to do storytelling, you know, listening to our grandparents, the songs that we sing, the Negro spirituals, things of that sort, and how it really just passed down our culture from generation to generation to generation. Mm -hmm. And so I think that when it comes to my way of storytelling, it's just a different mechanism of doing that. Just, um, showing showing like what's going on in our lives showing that you aren't alone in this that there are there is a a community of people who are going through the exact same things whether it's um laughter drama etc cetera, etc cetera. and that um you know we're also just passing down a history so that you know the younger generation can have something to build upon um and they don't have to necessarily go through the exact same things that we go through. So there's different elements in that. That is such an interest, a, a great question that, you know, I wish I could just like expound upon, but I think I'm going to just leave it at that. Like mm-hmm. just the fact that it's just, it's embedded in our culture and, and it's, it's a necessity. It, it's, it's how we keep, it's how we keep our culture alive. Storytelling is just that essential um, of a mechanism for I would, black culture. And I would, black women. And I, I would agree with it. I think that you are like um, in that next class, like the, the next set of storytellers that people are going to like take over Black Hollywood and do great things. Um, even like today, you know, the Emmy nominations came out for all the incredible Black women that are like oh. over our screens. We got Issa Rae, Yvonne Orji, um, Carrie Washington, um, Tracy Ellis Ross, like all those people. How does seeing those type of things, Black women in those spaces leading and taking over, how does that influence you? Man, it just lets me know that um, your time is going to come. You just have to keep working. Issa Rae's story is so phenomenal because you have to remember, like we were like in senior um, year of college or like our, our just graduated when Awkward Black Girl had hit hit YouTube. And that was when YouTube wasn't even a thing to like web series were were coming out because that was like the only way black people could actually get our stuff shown to an audience because television wasn't allowing it wasn't the black renaissance that we're having now. And it wasn't like the the, the 90s. So it was like they they use YouTube as a way to like really showcase like just black talent and just knowing her story of like awkward black girl. And if you watch awkward black girl, just how like raw it is and then seeing her trajectory to now uh, a Emmy nominated person with a, a, with a show on HBO and she's just doing phenomenal movies. Like she's just untouchable right now, man. It, it just inspires me to let me know that I just got to keep going, keep pushing, keep writing. Um, even when I'm tired, keep creating. And, you know, even if I'm not this famous, rich filmmaker, that's not necessarily a goal of mine, but I feel like I'm still adding to that. I'm still adding to my voice to that community. I'm still adding my voice into this whole new renaissance that we have. And I'm just, I'm so inspired and it just, I'm just going to keep on pushing, keep on going. Um, Because right there, they're basically paving the way and they're basically showing that anybody can do this. You just got to keep, you got to believe in yourself. Yeah, there's there's a saying that I've taken with our from our good friend Vince Evans. He had a birthday call, and one of the girls she said, "God is a redeemer of time." I love that saying. Like 
I low key will get it tatted on me because it's just so powerful. I think like mm-hmm. that's something that's really important. Like when something is yours, is yours. Even when you feel like, oh, I'm stuck or oh, my time hasn't come. Whatever mm-hmm. you thought you lost, God will give it back to you or you realize like you're right where you're supposed to be. So, mm-hmm. you know, so Issa's like the perfect example of like her time is her time. And when God is like in the fabric of something, it's just bigger than anything that you could ever imagine. So, you know, I'm a big Issa Rae fan too. Um, she's just phenomenal. And I connect with Insecure on so many levels. It's like, oh, I think we all, we all do. We all <laughs> yes. Like in our 30s, trying to figure it out, you know, <laughs> Issa Rae just, she gets us. So I, I love that about her. So I have a question. So speaking of, um, you know, we kind of talked about some of your projects that you worked on. Which one is like your favorite one so far? Um, okay. So I'm going to cheat on this. There's, there's two. Okay. I recently was hired as a lead director for a show that hasn't come out yet. It's called Southern Fried Rice. I shot that. Ooh. It was shot in Atlanta and they're currently, um, searching for a network home for it. Um, and just, um, flying from DC to Atlanta, staying in Atlanta for like a month and a half and shooting with a bunch of Atlanta creatives who were just about their business. That was so and then, like, being a lead director of a, a show, that was just phenomenal to me. And I would, that 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 experience let me know that this I was on the right path. I just got to keep going. Just even the the story of how I got that gig mm-hmm. um, based off of FAMU and the connections. And the story was based off of um, being Black and Southern. Um, and I'm very much so Black and Southern. Uh, just... That whole like ordeal and just being on set with those like dynamic creatives, that was phenomenal. And then, of course, Rivermint. Rivermint um, was my latest short film, which is my baby. It was I wrote, directed it. Um, wow. It was produced by Mitra and um, Lindsay. But the, the, the story of triumph with that and how that was, that was basically from 2015. And we didn't reap, the, we didn't reap what we sold until 2019, four years later. And it was really just a a testimony of just keep going, keep pushing um, from the Kickstarter and raising over $21,000 to losing $10,000 worth of footage to this and that and the third. Um, I can look back on that experience now and say, wow, like when, when, like you said, when something is for you, it's for you. And we, we've been, since 2018, when we first released Rivermint, we've been uh, reaping the benefits of it. And I will say that Rivermint has truly like propelled my career um, forward. And I'm just, now I just need to just continue to build onto that momentum. That's great. Well, how did it feel when you saw Rivermint on Revolt TV, like on a national network? Oh, girl, I screamed. I screamed. So before it hit Revolt, it was um, bought by Magic Johnson's Aspire TV. Mm. So that was like the my first introduction to my work being on um, television. But, you know, it doesn't get old. Like, I think, you know, seeing it in screens and with film festivals after a while, it's just like, okay, I can't watch it anymore. I'm going to just watch the audience and watch how they respond to it because that's the reason I, I love filmmaking so much, audience reactions. But there's just something about seeing it on television and knowing that it's reaching a whole different audience that you probably weren't able to reach before. Um, and then people reaching out to you on social media, letting them know, letting you know that they, um, they caught it and they, they were so affected by it. 
oh my goodness, it was, it's a, it's a high, it's an exhilarating feeling. And I just honestly cannot wait until I complete another project um, and put it out into the world. Well, I can't, I can't wait to see it. I'll have to, um, you know, I was, I saw the publicity for it. I have to sit down and watch. And I think, especially with everything going on in the world right now, it's very, so relevant. Um, So speaking of projects, so let's say I was an aspiring filmmaker. What would you, what kind of advice would you give them? Like what goes into your craft as a writer, director, producer, what would they need to know? Okay. Well, I'm going to break that into two parts. So advice I would give them and then also like what goes into my craft. So the advice I would give to an aspiring filmmaker is to find your tribe. And um, honestly, Issa has said it it way more eloquently than I would probably say it. But she said that you need to work more so parallel than trying to than trying to like grasp for like people who are already above you find your tribe and then you all build up towards each other and she's she talked about like that's what she did like she just focused on her people and her tribe and they all are coming up together and I think that is so such a true story like find your tribe find you a a great writing group find you a great group of filmmakers that is dedicated to the cause and you and get your work done work together um get it put it out to the world and then move on to your next project. Like you just have to keep creating. You have to keep doing. Um, So that's an advice that I would give someone. What goes into me and my, um, my craft, getting me some chamomile tea, Mm. um, sitting and create, I have like, I created me like my own little, you probably can't see it, but I've created me my own little like writing space that just is by a window that just makes me feel um, immersed into what I'm about to do, putting on some like great, um, lo-fi, um, chill music and just sitting down, having the discipline and writing. Like there is no shortcuts. You know, people always ask, you know, how do you, I, and I get the DMs all the time. How do you do this? How do you do that? There is no shortcuts. There is no right way. There is no, single path into this industry it really is just you buckling down writing finding your tribe getting your stuff creating and moving on to the next project and repeating it and doing it all over again until one day someone from the industry said gives you enough money to say hey here's some money to do what you do because we think that uh, we can help you reach a bigger audience there is no other way um Putting your putting your work out there, p- releasing your baby into the world, and then creating again—that is the way. That's awesome. I would love to see you see you know how you vibe out in your room and put something together. <laughs> cool. And that's interesting. You drink, you drink tea. You gotta you know you build your your moment and you build your space. Um, mm-hmm. I have to note that for myself too when I'm writing and putting stuff together. So the next, we're going to shift a little bit. So you told us about your fabulous career and I'm sure that, you know, with what you do, you have moments where you're stressed out and you are just like over it all dealing with life and everything that it comes with. How do you take care of your mind, body and spirit, especially during this pandemic? I feel like as a creative, um, you need to have a clear vision, right? In order to create, there's so much happening. How do you take care of yourself to be creatively clear on top of being in a pandemic? 
I think meditation is extremely important. I found, um, I think his name is Lauren Drell. He's a, a black man who created like a meditation album. Um, and each, each track is like 15 minutes and it's affirmation. So it's things that you're repeating to yourself. Um, I listen to that every morning that helps clear my head and it just, it lifts my spirit. Um, so meditation and prayer, um, definitely help making sure that you're getting out of the house and getting some sun. I think that's extremely important. Um, we are, we're sun babies. Like we, we need that. We need that vitamin D and, you know, within this pandemic, we are stuck in a house, but it is okay for you to like go out outside your house and then get that sun. Um, also, um, diving deep into to nature. You can do this. You can social distance while doing this, but taking a walk around your neighborhood, make sure you wear your mask, taking um, a walk in your, your park. Or I know in DC, we have like Rock Creek Park. We have so many different like nature trails and Rock Creek Park around here. Um, just immersing yourself into that. So just clear your mind, clear your head. Uh, remembering that you like you 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 are um you need the sun you need you need nature you need that fresh air um and also you need to like meditate you need to pray you need to to really clear your your spirit clear your soul i think all of those things help with well those are things that i do um and i think that they have been really helpful in like just keeping me grounded making sure that i'm just i'm in the correct headspace um, clearing my mind, clearing my body, clearing my spirit so that I can, you know, be, I can create and I can, you know, be, be worth something, uh, rather than just succumbing to all of the, the, um, different things that's happening in the world. Um, I think that all of those things are important. Oh, for sure. And there's quite a bit going on in the world. Um, I know, now I know, we, we I'm sure we all never imagined that this is what 2020 would be. We started the year. It's like, oh, all these great things are going to happen. Clear vision, 2020 vision. Our dreams will become realized. Clearly that's mm-hmm. not happening until about 2021, 2022. If there was one piece of advice you would give your younger self, what would it be in terms of if you knew then what you know now? And it could be about anything. If there was one thing I can um, tell my younger self, take more risks. I, mm-hmm. I know you feel, I know that you feel like you're taking all the risks right now. Um, but that, that one thing that you're, you're so scared about, that one thing where you feel like you're going to fall flat on your face, um, still take that leap, girl. And know that even if you do fall flat on your face, you have such a, a great support system that's going to be there to help you build up again. Don't wait too late. Don't wait too. It's not too late, but don't wait. Um, don't push it off and procrastinate with it. Just take that leap right now. Oh, that's and I you, love that. It's fine. Someone told me there's there's no uh, there's no reward without any risk. Um, I think oftentimes we. When we strive for perfection, we end up getting stalled and we don't take the risk because we want, sometimes we want things to be perfect and that's not necessarily how life works. Um, so that's, that's awesome. Um, I think you are someone that's goal oriented. So sometimes you gotta, sometimes you just gotta let life do its thing, but you gotta like, you have a dream that allow God to be, to push you forward and just fly without being scared. 
Now, the next question I have for you, as a young, beautiful, and talented Black woman, do you think you can truly have it all and and chase your dreams at the same time? So I have this conversation with my friends all the time. Um, I have a lot of friends that are single. We all are just like, you know, you know, we're all in our 30s now. Ooh, girl, 30s. Um, we all are just kind of like, well, can't we really have it all? Um, some women have to make the choice between being in the C-suite and being single or being in the C-suite and like having a husband and kids. Like people's lives look different for everybody. Do you think as a successful Black woman that we can truly have it all? And is that something that you want? I do. I do think that as Black women, we can definitely have it all. Now, it may not happen in the timeline that society has pressured upon us. You know, the whole be married by this time, have kids by this time, have your career by this time. It may not it may not happen on the timeline that we expect it to happen. Ava DuVernay didn't pick up her first camera till she was 33. You know what I'm saying? So like, um, I think that we can have it all, but I do, I feel like as black women, I have, as a black woman, I have to take accountability to let myself know that it may not happen on my timeline. It's going to happen on God's timeline. You know what I'm saying? So how though I I do hope that I can have it all. Um, I do think that I can have it all. I do believe that I can have it all. I do aspire to have it all. Um, I'm okay with the timeline that I'm on. And when it happens, it happens. I'm going to be open to it. And I also believe that in order for it to happen, you're going to have to have a partner who is supportive of the things that you do. I think that is that is the most important part. And you, we as women, we cannot lose ourselves in that. We can't lose ourselves when we think we found this perfect partner, but they're not necessarily willing to, to be that support system that we need in order for us to achieve the goals that we want. We should have a partner that's going to be there um, by our side every step of the way, just like we... Um, as women are always by their side every step of their way in their careers and their aspirations and et cetera, et cetera. So, yep, I do think that we can have it all. I aspire to have it all. Um, I think it's possible. I just no longer subscribe to society's timeline. I've subscribed to the timeline that God has put before me. And when it happens, it happens. And I'm going to be open to it. And I am going to continue to work on my career goals until, well, not even until then, then, before, during, and after. <laughs> I love that. I love, I love that we live in like such a time period where we're like rejecting societal norms when it comes to relationships. And Absolutely. we're kind of like shifting how we saw it. Like you and I are both daddy's girls. Our parents are together. You know, my, mm-hmm. you know, my parents were married for about 39 years, before he, almost 39 years before he passed away. And, you know, you kind of see those like societal roles, what a woman should do and a man should do. And we're like, we're that generation like, oh, no, I'm not doing that. This is how I want it. This is, I want something that aligns with who I am, how I want to do it. And we're going to create the relationships that we want because I think that partnerships are important. Um, I think your parents did like an incredible job with you and your sister. So more than ever realize how important partnership is while we're building the life of our dreams and kind of, you know, climbing the 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 ladder of success and what we want for our our goals and i will even say that that's something that was instilled in us from that generation our mothers and our grandmothers like they didn't have the same um rights and and 
access that we have as women. And I will even say that, like my mom, my grandma, they, they, they live vicariously through me. They're just like, yes, baby, go like live your dreams, do your thing, yada, 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 yada. And if they, if I have someone in my life that they feel like they, um, it's taking me or deviating me away from that, then they'll go, hold on now. Um, but you still gonna do this, right? We still gonna be walking that red carpet, right? Because I got my fur and I'm gonna need to rock a red carpet. So so it's like I, I think that you know that generation, even though that they, you know, we we glamorize that generation and we and we want those things because you know in our in our eyes like that is what's perfect. I think that also that generation has instilled us to, to be what it means to be a woman, what it means to be a black woman and what it means to like to have that independence, but and also know that, you know, we should strive for our career goals and we are a, a, a whole human being outside of relationships. Um, um, and that's important. It's important that you don't lose yourself in that. And I, 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 I think that generation, um, well, and you know, maybe not all, but at least with my, my mm-hmm. family, I, I thank them for instilling that in, in me because it was okay. It made it easier for me to not, uh, not subscribe to societal viewpoints of when I should have things. My, my mom hasn't said to me, now, maybe my dad, <laughs> but my mom hasn't said to me, will you give me a grandbaby? Like now my dad, he, 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 he ready for a grandchild. But my mom is just like, girl, we got, I'm trying to get my hair done for the red carpet. Girl, you got, I got this fur in the back of the closet. So, um, just ready. Know, I, I, I think that's important. So, yeah. <laughs> Now, another um, part of being a woman, aside from having like a mate and having incredible family is like your sister tribe, your friend tribe. How important has like your tribe of friends been to you and like how have they just kind of motivated you and kept you on like the straight and narrow and supported you even or seen things in you even when you didn't see them in yourself? Mm -hmm. I would not be as far as I am today if it wasn't for my circle. And, and that's on period. Like that is the, the truth. If it was not for my circle, pushing me, um, making me feel like I could, was invisible, letting me know that there's nothing, there's no obstacle in front of me that I cannot, um, overcome, then I would not be from it. Um, I would not be where I am today. I always tell the story with quarter century. It was just an idea. I remember running that idea, um, to a few people who were like, "Mm, this is, this is not, this is not working. And then I just talked to, um, I, I shout her out all the time, Sierra, um, she went to Howard University, one of my good friends. And I just remember just telling her randomly about the idea. And she was just like, okay, so what are we going to do next? Next thing you know, she sent me calendar invites for a meeting. She had a books of all the scripts. She was telling me what we were going to do, the audition. And that push forward literally is the reason why I have the career I have right now. Because other than that, I would have still been like searching for that validation, still searching for someone to to say, yeah, that's a good idea. And her just pushing me forward and saying, and and after that, that was it. All she did was like just that planning phase of me having auditions and 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 all of that. And then, you know, she was just like really supportive along the way. But having just having that push forward is just what made 
the like it just made everything kind of fall into place. And I love telling that story because I I just that goes back to like the whole what Issa has said about like working parallel and just having your tribe and like building with your tribe. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, your tribe can be into certain different things than you, but the fact that you all support each other, it's so important. It's so important. And I I just I give all like gratitude, not all gratitude because we don't give gratitude to God, but I give, um, I'm so thankful for them and um, I'm, I'm grateful to have them in my life because um, those are the people I lean on for like having that support system and it's needed, especially within the media. With dealing with this industry, mm-hmm. um, it's important. Now, speaking of our industry, I think that um, some of the greatest people, the greatest leaders and the people that we look up to the most, one thing they all have in common is that they've all failed, right? I'm one of those people, I love to read stories about people that failed, that weren't good at something, and now they're like amazing. How have you overcome like failure? How has like a setback set you up for like a come up and a comeback and like put you on a better path than you were on before? Wow. How has a failure um, set me up for a comeback? Wow. That's a really good question. That is a really good question. Let's, I can use Rivermint um, as an example for um, a, a failure that set me up for a comeback. Um, Rivermint was in the beginning, I, I, I don't want to call the project a failure because that's, that's not what it was. But there were so many, while trying to shoot it, while trying to create it, there were so many aspects that had failed. I really was had to like take a step back and ask myself, like, God, is it that you don't want me to tell this story? What is happening? Like, we, on our, our first day, like, we, we somehow randomly, magically broke a $1,200 lens that belonged to a friend. Um, we had shot a whole entire day and then the car had malfunctioned randomly. Um, we had everything on a hard drive and then the hard drive just, just crashed. Like it was just so many things where I was just like, Oh my God, why is this happening to me? And we literally, because we started shooting in 2016, we, after just all of these bad mishaps and literally using up 20, almost $21,000 worth of of money trying to shoot this film, we were, we just stopped and we were just like, okay, we're going to stop here because we need to reconvene. We need to get ourselves together. And we stopped shooting in that October. We didn't, and we just plant, 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 plant. And we didn't start shooting again until March of 20. Um, 17. Wow. And March of 2017, um, through that, we had like, we hosted like, um, we hosted like different events with different fundraisers, et cetera, et cetera, because we needed more money because we basically didn't have anything. <laughs> we didn't have anything because we lost so much. And March and April was just some, some of the most smoothest shoots. And it just seemed like after that blessing after blessing, we got grants, we got random money was just coming in to help us finish the film. Um, we got the Sine grant with um, Berkeley School of Music. So they, they were able to score and do sound design of my film for free. Wow. Like, which is that, that's an easy $10,000 ticket. <laughs> easy. And then, you know, like, just that 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 message of just like failing and then just saying, you know, we're not going to stop because I could have. I could have said, you know what, um, I could have went to my thesis department and said, you know what, this is this is 
you guys know that we were doing this. This is fine. And they could have just gave me my degree and I kept on moving and just graduated and, and kept on with my regular nine to five. But the fact that I pushed back my, my graduation from film school and we kept, we kept, um, working at it and we just overcame over every obstacle. And then three years later, we went a student Emmy. Like, wow. That just, I, I can't even really formulate words to just say like failure is, is a part of life. Like, and, but it builds character. When you fail, are you going to quit? Is it, is it that easy for you? Mm-hmm. Because you're going to fail a trillion times before you get that one. Yes. You're going to fail a trillion times before you get that one hurdle. Like is that get over that one hurdle. Like that's just how life goes. But What's it? What is your character like? Are you going to quit just because something is hard, just because something is failing right now? Or or is it worth that much to you? If it's worth that much to you, then you aren't going to quit. You're going to find a way. Mm. And, I, and and I I love like I love telling that about Rivermint because I think people think, oh, you know, um, it's the making a film is easy now. I think they especially think now because you know it's you know you got you got all the access to the cameras and um it's access to like editing system. It's, it wasn't like you know when we were in college and I had like this this I had a film camera like I, my camera did film the camera we were using for them step shows and stuff. We didn't we didn't have digital for real back then. Like it was like I was using tapes and I would take the tapes and transcribe it to the to the to the computer wow and come going from like that to that is it's it's different so i think people look at that and they're like oh filmmaking is easy or the tiktoks and you know instagram like oh filmmaking is easy but then when they try to get into the nitty-gritty of it and they see that it's this way more moving parts to it then they want to quit or they don't think they don't they don't want to do it anymore and i think that you have to you have to know that failure failure is going to happen like you're going to fail a trillion times. Ava DuVernay, um, she had been rejected from Sundance like six to seven times. Um, and now she has like critically acclaimed movies um, out. out. It's going to happen. You have, But wh- how? what is your character? Are you going to just stop just because someone tells you no or some hardships happen? Yeah. Are you going to see it through? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I have my own little story of failure. I'll say that for another. I have to tell you about it offline, but (laughs) (laughs) you you brought up a great point. I think that, um, I think sometimes when we look at people, like when we, especially Instagram, we look at people's highlight rules, highlight reels, and we don't know like what's the secret in the sauce. I think the secret in the sauce is failure. And that's the only thing that makes you, um, it builds your character, builds your tenacity. It kind of just builds like a bubble around you to keep going, especially if it's something that you really want. Now I have one last question for you. Um, what's next for Shayla? We've got Riverman out. I know we're in a pandemic. What's like, what's next in the queue for you? Um, so I signed on as a producer for this new short film called The Beauty and Trying. It's an experimental documentary film, Mm -hmm. um, about, um, black women and mental health. Wow. And, um, uh, the subject is, um, the subject, she uses dance in order to cope with, um, with, mental health issues and like dealing with like her past traumas. Um, but she's like a, a, a ballet dancer, like a classically, classically trained ballet dancer. 
And so I signed on as a producer that, so that was me putting on a different hat. Usually I'm in the writing directing role. Um, The director and writer is Mitra Arthur, who is a part of my tribe. She was the producer over my film. So me and her always um, collaborate on our projects. So that's something that people can be on the lookout. We're hoping to have that. We finished the filming and we're hoping to have that out and in the festival circuit, if not winter of 2020, because you see how 2020 going, girl. Right. Um, <laughs> then spring, then spring of 2021. And I'm currently working on um, my own projects. I'm, I'm finishing up writing a feature film. I don't want to talk too much about Ooh, it. You'll see when you're ready. But that sounds exciting. <laughs> Um, but the, I will say that the feature film is a coming of age story, um, black girl coming of age story based, um, in the South. So, and it's based in the early 2000s. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so cute. Okay. <laughs> uh, where I'm trying to, um, finish the writing of that so that we can go ahead and start pre-production and I'm hoping within the next three years, you know, we'll have the backing and stuff that we can hit in theaters with it. Like, I want to go big. That's that's what's on my my prayer and manifestation wall to have my feature um, completed within the next three years. And we are like a train just moving forward with it. Well, tell us how the people can keep up with your project. Because in three years, we're going to need to know like where to find you. So we can go to the movie <laughs> premieres. You see your mom and her fur. We can have our outfits together. get our tickets. Hopefully, we won't have our masks in the movie theater. But where can everyone find you? Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. Yeah, it's easy to find me because all of my social media is the exact same. It's Shayla Raquel. That's S-H-A-Y-L-A-R-A-C. Q-U-E-L. Um, that is my Twitter, my Instagram, my Facebook. You can follow me on all of those. Also, my website, um, www.shaylaraquel.com. Um, if you keep up, if you follow any of those or visit my website, you can see information on new projects. You can see information on any auditions that I may be having. Um, you can see, you can write me an email on on some work that you've seen of mine. You can keep in contact with me, all of those things. So yeah, definitely reach out. Um, I'm very accessible. Yeah, I look forward to meeting guys. Yes, and, and if you can't, are you accepting donations for future projects? Are you doing any um, crowdfunding? Not right now. Um, I'm not doing any crowdfunding. However, I do plan on starting a crowdfunding in spring of 2021 for the feature that I was just talking about. So, okay, so um, sure. I don't like to do crowdfunding when I'm not actually working on a project because of I just want everyone to main like I want everyone to know that integrity is my is my thing. I do like the money goes to film. Yes. Period. Yes. Um, so I removed all the donation links off of my um, my website. However, they will be right back once I am crowdfunding again. So yeah, just stay tuned. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter or my website, and I'll once it's time, I'll be they'll be right back up so that people can support. Awesome. Thank you so much, Shayla. You are amazing. I'm incredibly proud of you, and thank you for always sprinkling your. Black girl magic everywhere, your positivity, your creativity. Uh, thank you for being a voice and a storyteller for Black stories. That's very important. Um, and I also just want to say thank you again for being on my show. Um, you're like my third official guest and our guest list is building. Um, but it's always a pleasure speaking with you. 
Um, and we, I look forward to seeing what you have coming up next. I'm going to make sure that I catch Rivermint and make sure you guys catch it too. As always, everybody, I'm going to keep giving you mo. Make sure you listen, you like, and you subscribe to this episode. Share it with a friend. Share it with an aspiring filmmaker. Share it with the creative, a Black woman, whoever. But Shayla has an incredible story, um, and everybody needs to hear it. So I'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks again. All right. So then- yeah, so thank you so much. I'll, I'll edit this part out. But I really Sorry, I feel like I was rambling. <laughs> no, I, I thought it was, it was authentic, so it was great. This was awesome. <laughs> You're the best. I really thank appreciate you. it. Thanks for taking your time out on a Tuesday, child. It's okay, girl. I was sitting here writing, so I'm yes. my little spot. <laughs> well, I will, um, I'm going to download this.